All right, here we go. Let's dive straight into it. This is part three of a biblical worldview, part three. What is a biblical worldview? A biblical worldview is when you decide that if the Bible says that something's right, it's right. If the Bible says that something's wrong, it's wrong. Period. If that's you, you have a biblical worldview. That's how you view the world. That's how you view what is right and what is wrong. Now, if you're in this room and you go, okay, um, I believe that this particular thing is not a sin. I, I just believe it's not a sin. Or I, I believe that is called a personal worldview. So you're not basing what is right and what is wrong on the Bible. You're basing what is right and what is wrong on what you personally believe. So if I were to bring something up and say, well, the Bible says that this is a sin, and then you push back and you say, well, I believe personal worldview versus a biblical worldview. Okay? So it's my heart as your pastor to make sure that everybody here that calls Celebration their church home that we divorce a personal worldview. That we just say, look, my personal worldview, my, what I think is right, what I think is wrong, it doesn't matter. I live my, my life according to what the Word of God says. And if the Bible says it's right, then it's right. If the Bible says that I should love it, then I love it. If the Bible says I should hate it, then I hate it. And sometimes it's a process. There's like you need God to help you change your appetite in, in, in what you like and what you don't like. Um, I want you to ask me when I count to three, I want you to say, I want you to ask me, do you have a biblical worldview or do you have a personal worldview? That's what I want you to ask me, okay? On three, one, two, three. Do you... Very good, very good. Let's do that one more time, everybody this time. Do you have... Perfect. That's what I want you guys to build... Uh, your mindset on. If you're ever talking with somebody that says they're a Christian and you don't know if they're a Christian because what they're saying and what they're doing is two totally opposite things, just look at them and say, do you have a biblical worldview or a personal worldview? That, that's how the conversation should start. I got three things that I want to share with you regarding a biblical worldview. Number one is salvation requires transformation. It requires it. You, you cannot say that you are saved, but not be transformed. You, you cannot do it. It's, it's a, a caterpillar that is, turned, that is turned into a butterfly must turn into a butterfly in order to be a butterfly. Are you with me? Say yes. Let me explain what I mean. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says... Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will, what God's, uh, to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. A lot of people have no idea what God wants them to do because they haven't shifted over to a biblical worldview. What are we saying when we say don't copy the customs of this world? 
I have a, a friend of mine in my life. He cusses more than non-Christians. He calls himself a Christian, but he cusses more than a sailor does. Now, if you're in this room and you say, cussing is not a big deal, that is a personal worldview. If you say back to me, Frankie, don't be legalistic, that is a personal worldview. That is your personal opinion. It's not biblical. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth except for what gives grace to the hearer. It is a, a biblical worldview. And when you don't adopt the entire Bible, you have a personal worldview. If you try to back up and say this is legalistic, that's not legalistic. This is okay. That's not okay. God will forgive me for this. It's not a big deal to do that. It's God's full of grace. God's full of mercy. It's okay if we do it, even though the Bible says not to do it. Personal worldview. Everybody say, got it? It requires transformation. Number two, salvation is an invitation for impartation. So when he saves you, it's not just like, okay, great, there we go. You have a reservation in heaven. Now grit your teeth and just hang on because the world is hard. So see you in heaven. No. When you get saved, that's when the excitement begins. Because when you get saved, you are choosing to be transformed. I'm going to think different. I'm going to act different. And then he responds. He responds with saying, okay, because you are going to think different, because you're going to act different, I want you to represent me, not just by the way you behave, but I want my power to literally flow through you. Now, I'll tell you, while I was praying this week, I started thinking about all the people who only come to church once a month or they only come to church once a year. And all of a sudden, I saw it from a different perspective. I used to think, rascals. And then it dawned on me, hey, if they're hanging out with other Christians and there's no power in their life, there's no power in our life, why would they want to hang out with us? But if we did have God's power flowing through our life, we couldn't keep them away. So it's not really bad on them. We just haven't shown them what they're missing. If they could see what they're missing, my goodness. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. So let's not be mad at people who don't want to come to church. Let's look in the mirror and say, we're not showing them what they're missing. And a lot of times we can't show them what they're missing because... We don't know what we're missing. Watch this. This is what God has invited you to. John chapter 14, verse 12. I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Anyone who believes in me the way I pray for people and they get healed, you're going to pray for people and they get healed. Anyone. Anyone. Raise your hand if you believe in him. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. That's you. I know. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verse 12. Peter saw this opportunity one time while he was preaching, and he addressed the crowd. He said, people of Israel, because he just prayed for somebody and they, and they were healed. He says, people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? 
And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Your own godliness doesn't give you the right to be able to heal people. So if you keep looking in the mirror and you keep saying, I'm not godly enough yet, I'm not godly enough yet, you're never going to be godly enough yet. Are you with me? Say yes. The only reason why God's power can flow through you is because you believe He has power to flow through you. That's it. Are you with me? Say yes. I know this is a stretch. Just follow me. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They're healing people. And they're ordinary. They, they're not Billy Graham. They haven't memorized a zillion scriptures. They're just ordinary guys, and they're like, whoa. In one translation, it says they're unlearned, which means they sound like idiots when they talk. This guy clearly isn't educated. But miracles are happening. So... Now, first one, salvation requires transformation. Salvation is an invitation for impartation. Number three, all believers, all, all of you guys are to do the work of the ministry. All of you guys in Ephesians chapter four, you can read about it. Now, there's a huge detail. I can feel, I've been speaking for over 20 years. I can feel a room. And this is what's happening. You guys are looking at me and you're, this is what you're saying. I wish. But it's not happening. That's what we're going to talk about today. Because here's the thing. I am proposing to you that the miracles and the healings that God wants to do through your life are only not happening because we're not being risky enough. If you pray for nobody to be healed, guess how many people are going to be healed? If this whole room prayed for nobody this week to be healed, guess how many people got healed this week? It's not crazy math. Watch this. I want to give you an awesome example. An awesome example because my heart is is that we embrace a biblical worldview and we start looking at Kroger and HEB and the mall as a feasting ground. I'm going to tell you, I prayed for three people this week, two at Kroger, one at the movies. I was in the movie theater watching yesterday with my dad. It was a Beatles flick thing. And I'm sitting there, and the only thing I could hear was, <laughs> and I was like, what am I hearing? What is going on? Somebody's messing up my movie. And so I turn around, and I look. And in the, in the uh, handicap section, because we were sitting really close, in the handicap section in the movie theater, this guy had this machine. And I'm like, I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> Is that what Jesus would do? Is that what Jesus would do? Say yes or no. Yes. Watch this. Angela, come on up here. Share this awesome, awesome. This is one of my favorite testimonies of all time. Um, give Angela Babel a big round of applause. No stress. I love you, Winnie. Go ahead. Tell everyone your story. Okay. 
um, okay, this is my healing testimony. And it didn't happen at Celebration Church. In fact, Celebration Church wasn't even a church then. It was 14 years ago. But Celebration Church had a part of it. Let me explain. 14 years ago, I developed an issue with my back. And I was in extreme pain. I couldn't get comfort anywhere. And I started walking with a cane. And I remember stopping and looking up and asking God, what am I supposed to get out of this? And it happened to be the last day of school for the summer for Conroe ISD. And I have four children that are now going to be home with me walking around with this cane. Now, just so you know, I'm one of those moms that would lay in bed in the morning before getting up and just pray for wisdom and guidance and strength as a stay-at-home mom. And when I finished praying, I would swing my legs over to the side of the bed and stand up and say, rule or be ruled. And I was feeling pretty weak that morning. And I was actually had this thought that I was going to be ruled starting tomorrow with four kids at home. But I had to go and get food for them, and I thought if I just get some food in the house that, you know, that could help. You know, they could kind of fend for themselves. So I went to HEB, and I went there with my pain and my cane, and I got in that store determined to just make it across, get everything I needed. And as I was crossing in front of the uh, bakery, this woman reached out of nowhere and just said, the Spirit of the Lord told me to pray for your healing. And she was like this. And so I, I, I don't know if it's because I had said, Lord, what am I supposed to get out of this? But I was in total receive mode. So I took my cane and put it over my arm, and I said, go for it, lady. <laughs> <laughs> and she asked me to, like, can we go somewhere? She's like, well, you know, we're in the bakery. And I, 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 I said no, because I was in such pain, there was no way I could, like, walk out into the parking lot or anything. No time for that. I'm in pain. So I kind of taunted her a bit. And I'm like, God can heal anywhere, can he? And so she was like, yeah. I said, well, do it, lady. Do it. Do it. <laughs> so she asked me, you know, well, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, my back. Just do it. And so she was like, well, okay, all right, okay. And people were going all around with the carts. And she said just a little simple prayer. And I was healed instantly <laughs> from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet the best feeling ever. But I looked at this woman and I said, who are you? And I'm telling you, this woman did this. <laughs> and she giggled and said, I'm a newly spirit-filled Christian. <laughs> I had no idea what that was. All I knew is that I wanted to do that. So I said, I want to be like you. Where do you go to church? And she says, no, no, you don't want to go to my church. I go to such and such church over here. And I'm like, no, no, where do you go to church? And she says, listen, I'm moving to Tulsa tomorrow. I'm here to get food for my kids for the ride up there. But if I was going to be here, there's a church that's coming to the Woodlands, and it's called Spirit-Filled Celebration Church. And for those of you who don't know, that's now Celebration Church. And so I literally skipped to the far end of the store to get the milk, and I skipped out. I'd love to see the video of that sometime. But I was on fire. I was on fire after that. I told anybody that would talk to me for 10 seconds, I told them about my healing. And when Pastor Frankie says, you gotta tell people, I mean, you gotta tell people. 
And I, I started reading my Bible and learning about healing. And I started healing people. But I went back to my church and my, my church, they, they weren't into this healing stuff. And it was really confusing. And there was a little conflict there with me in that. And then just in praying, the Lord told me, he reminded me of Spiritful Celebration Church. And I went and found you. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. You know, our church is only 14 years old, and so that woman, God bless her, wherever she's at, um, I believe the Lord told her that's, that's what the DNA of that church is going to be, so get over there. Um, there's a guy by the name of Todd White. Um, I don't know if you know him. I'm about to introduce you to him because I have a, uh, a video um, that he's about to, uh, like a two-minute video clip I'm about to show you. Um, but Todd White was sitting like on the fourth row, and um, a friend of mine, new new friend of mine, uh, as of a year and a half ago, a guy by the name of Randy Clark was up speaking. And uh, they ended up meeting after service, and this guy named Todd White and him, uh, well, Randy Clark, my friend, ended up becoming a mentor in Todd White's life. And um, why am I bringing up Randy Clark before I show you this video? Because Randy Clark is the one that I'm going to Brazil with in December. Randy Clark is the one that's taught me 91% of about everything I know about healing and miracles. I'm inviting the entire church, all of you, to come to uh, Brazil with me in December. But I told them that our deadline was the 30th of this month. Um, everybody who's going will have registered by that point. If you want to go, go to the website and register. You will experience more healings than you've ever seen in your life, and you will be the one praying for them to happen. It's a powerful thing. But without any further ado, I want to show you um, in action Todd White doing what Angela just talked about um, because his whole ministry is at Walmart and as at Kroger. Um, I say his whole ministry, churches invite him because of what he does at Walmart and Kroger. Take a look at this. So people say, and, and I hear it all the time, like, what if I pray for somebody and God doesn't heal them? Sometimes people think, well, if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, I'm misrepresenting God. They're, gonna, they're not going to see God in a good way. The truth is, is that when you're going up to pray for somebody somewhere, they're not expecting anything anyway. You're totally like out of the normal, like right now anyway. It's starting to change. When I go up to somebody to pray for them, they're like, why? I say, because Jesus heals people. Okay, can I pray for you? I guess. Sometimes that's how it happens. I pray for them if nothing happens. And I don't see it happen. I say, can you, can you sense any change right now? No. Okay, let me pray again. I pray again right away. I say, Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God. And just pray again. And then a lot of times people say, I don't know what's going on. I feel kind of like a warm or something. Okay, let me pray again. And just right away. And one minute buys the next, buys the next, buys the next, really. And, and when you're praying for somebody to be healed, um, um, if I pray for somebody, if, if, if I think, what if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed? My question is this. What if you pray for a minute and they do? 
I prayed for, I prayed for about a thousand people before I saw breakthrough. I really did. Yeah. Which, your right foot? Yeah. What, you, what kind of surgery? Uh, they put a screw in it. Will you do me a favor? Can I pray for your foot? Sure, don't let me be. Don't let me freak you out. Let me pray for your foot. All right. I mean. Where's the pain at? In the top? Uh, yes. Father, I thank you. It should be warm. That's weird. No, no, no. <laughs> Come here. What does it feel like? It should warm. be actually really warm. It's really warm. Right where the screw is. Yeah. So like. Check this dude out. So uh, I asked him. I asked him if he had any pain, because you guys work hard, dude. And a lot of times, backs are messed up, because you're lifting all the time, right? So I just asked him about his foot, and it should be on fire right now, dude. Yeah, it is. Where the screw was. So we prayed for him, and I've watched Jesus do amazing miracles. We watched him take metal out of bodies, man. I got pointers in my foot. So. Where is it? That pointer's fasciitis. Oh, bro. Oh. Right foot? Go for it, man. That it one. works, dude. Come here, let me We gotta work. What do you gotta worry about? Just like, I believe in it, man. Father, it's I crazy. thank you in Jesus' name. Oh, for a brand new foot right now. It's weird, I man. It's crazy. Right now, that tonight when he takes that brace off, it's all gone. Yeah. In Jesus' name. That's feel a little better. <laughs> See, I told you, it's weird. Yeah, it is warm. <laughs> I believe Jesus removed that screw. I believe that pain won't be there, and he'll be freaked out by it. Go to the doctors, and that screw will be gone. Won't that be awesome? Well, watch. <laughs> what do you think just happened to your foot? That was weird. That's why it's blowing my mind, dude. It's amazing. I said, that awesome? Where that screw was, it's hot. He goes, yeah. I said, well, you, you a Christian? He goes, no, I, I, I'm a Wiccan. I said, hey, man, I said, I need to pray again for you. You mind if I pray for you? I put my hand on his chest. I'm not threatened by it, man. You don't be threatened by witchcraft. We carry light. You don't be threatened by darkness. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Well, I hit it. It's for real, man. Bro, he loves you. I promise, man. There, there's so many things I want to pull out of that. Number, number one is a lot of times people think that they don't have enough faith and that's why the miracle didn't happen. That's, that's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. Um, There's so many people in the Bible that didn't even believe that a miracle was possible and it still happened. This guy wasn't even a Christian and a miracle happened. So the next time you think it's not happening because I don't have enough faith, that's, that's a personal worldview that's straight from hell. That's not a biblical worldview. This guy, what, what, what do you say? He was a, a Wiccan? I don't even know what that is. I know it's not Christian, though. <laughs> He's, I, I, guess what? Guess what? He's a Christian now. Um, the other thing I want to say is, over a, he prayed for a thousand people. Did you hear him? A thousand people before he got a breakthrough. A thousand. Now, while I was sitting there, I had a thought that I've, I've watched this clip a zillion times. But I just had a thought. I'm like, why did it take a thousand my goodness. And, and I just had this thought while I was sitting there. When you pray for people out in public, it is scary. I prayed for a person at Kroger one time. She was leaning on her chair selling Kroger gas cards. She was an employee. And I walked up to her and I said, can I pray for you? She said, yeah. 
And so I prayed for her back. She told me her back was hurting. I prayed for her back and said, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I'll see you later. And I just walked off. <laughs> I just grabbed, I just took off. I was so nervous. I thought people were staring at me. I felt like an idiot. And I got around the corner and I was like, I don't even know if she got healed or not. And I was like, I'm going to go back and talk to her. I remember this like it was yesterday. I'm going to go back and talk to her, ask her if she got healed. I'm like, but I'm going to give God some time to work. So I'm going to go over to the bread area. And then I went to like the milk and I went to the meats. And then I like I came all the way around and she was talking to somebody. I was like, great. All right. Well, I'm out of here. Um, it, it takes a thousand times because you got to you got to build some confidence there's a little trial and error there. Um, like, for example, um, I've noticed that when I tell people what I've seen before I pray for them, the probability of them getting healed shoots up. Like I was at uh, the Kingwood Movie Theater with my dad, and now I say this, hey, I go to a church. I go to a church where since November, I've seen over 200 miracles. Do you mind if I pray for you? So now my faith is up because I just reminded myself. They're peaked. Their faith is higher than it was before I said hello. So sometimes it takes. There's a guy named Sean Boltz who prayed for 250 people before he saw a breakthrough. Let me ask you this. What if, you're, what if at 50... What if your number was 50? That you already knew right now, an angel showed up in front of you and said, you're going to pray for 50 people and nothing's going to happen. But after that, it's going to be a common occurrence for people to get healed when you pray for them. How long would it take you to burn through that first 50? You already know at 51 we're getting a breakthrough. You already know. You heard from an angel. You know it's 50. How long would it take you? Answer me. How long would it take you to just burn through that 50? Go ahead. Talk to me. One day. One day. If you already know it's 50, you just go to the mall and just get the 50 out of the way, right? Say yes. There is a breakthrough somewhere. Or the Bible isn't real. There is a breakthrough. Either these signs follow those who believe, or that's a lie. There is a breakthrough. There has to be a breakthrough. And sometimes we just got to figure out how to not be scared, how to get over being scared. The first time I prayed for somebody at Kroger, my first thought when I walked away was, that wasn't so bad. It was my first thought. You know, we see healings here. We're about to see them right now. So often here in this, this room that I can be relaxed and know that the Holy Spirit's going to do the work. When I get to Kroger, I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Are you with me? But once you... God doesn't love that dude with the dreads more than He loves you. Your hair looks better than his, first of all. <laughs> Stand up on your feet.